Hey everybody and hello humans. This is Not Robots, DC comic review show focusing exclusively on Future State for the duration of the event. This week we are covering Future State, Superman vs. Imperious Let, Aquaman, Legion of Superheroes, Dark Detective number 2 featuring a backstory with Red Hood, Suicide Squad number 1 featuring a backstory with Black Adam, and Future State Batman Superman. You'll be able to catch many episodes covering additional DC titles and comic publishers with Not A Robot Comic Quick Bites. Access to our bonus content is only available to our Patreon community who get access to all things Not A Robot starting at just a dollar a month at patreon.com forward slash Not A Robot Podcast. My name is Josh and as always helping me bring this podcast to you are my co-host Jared. Victory is mandatory. And Reed. Cowabunga, my dudes. We summarize, analyze, and editorialize every issue we cover and strive to keep it all about the content with no publisher influence. We are on Twitter. I'm at NotRobotShow. Reed is at DH underscore Reed and Jared is HoneyBadger underscore Bot. And we all answer show mail sent to NotRobotPodcast at gmail.com. The next part is dedicated to those that support us with their hard-earned money, but that's not the only way that you can. Like, subscribe, download, and share our episodes as much as possible because nothing helps out quite as much as that, everybody. But we do like that money. We do like that money. And now is the time to say a gigantic thank you to the people who help us support this podcast One and all the rest of ours. Celtics. They subscribe to our Patreon, some for as low as a dollar a month, so that we can make sure we keep bringing you even better content. This is the Not a Robot Anti Beatbot Must Be a Human shout out and roll call. And this shout out goes to our humans Weird Science Jim, Blue Mondays, Hollister, Torpedo Face, and Rock Crockett. We got a couple of you subscribing at above the dollar a month level, getting access to even more content, and our Slack channel as well. You guys can get in there, talk to the members of Not a Robot. So a big salute to all of you and an even bigger thank you. So what are you waiting? Sign up and show us you just might be a human after all and get a shout out on the Not a Robot Anti-Beatbot Must Be a Human Roll Call. So anything new this week, guys? Read any dog puke lately? No, he's doing okay. He's doing okay. But I have been petting a, a, a virtual pup. I've been playing Hades on my Switch and I love that game. Oh, there you go. All right. Sir Brisket <laughs> and little Scritch. He's a big boy. He got three heads. Thrice the Scritches. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's new in your neck of the woods, Jared? I rearranged the house, so it actually feels like it's productive. Right on. That's important. I feel that. I've been upgrading my basement layer. Just got a brand new desk, so got a new angle here. A little webcam. <laughs> we're all we're nice. having, we're having fun, tons of interior decorating fun. Some, yeah, some real-world Animal Crossing, baby. Hey, you can't go outside because of corona and the cold. Yeah. We just redid our living room and are making plans to current to turn our sunroom into like a library so oh yeah uh, i guess we're all got a little bit of the i'm telling you it's this lockup stuff we're getting creative now yeah <laughs> send us your uh lockup project y'all okay so let's get into the books the first one up is both something we've seen many times before and something we're seeing for the first time priced at 3.99 written by mark russell with art provided by steve Pugh and romeo fiardo jr and carlos m mongwell on lettering the cover done by Yannick Paquette. We are at Superman vs. Imperious Lex. Jared, tell us all about it. Well, the cover starts us off with the world's greatest humanitarian, Lex Luthor. But the art is so horrible, barely dealt. 
Uh, <laughs> hold on to your seats. It doesn't get much better than that on the art. It has the United Planets, which has the one of the Guardians from Ola conducting it. So they're obviously the foreman. The biggest takeaway I have from any of the comic is the line, I love that new building smell. That's, <laughs> that has got to be one of the greatest comic book opening statements I can recall. I love that new building smell. <laughs> the United Planets just got a new headquarters. Each each planet in the United Planets has their own representative. Like, well, the one for uh, Earth is no other than Lois Lane. She kind of throws it off under the under the rug and everything, saying that Luxor, uh, it's a planet that Lex Luthor rules. And it first made its appearance in Superman 164 back all the way back in October of 1963. They were objecting to it, calling him a planetary villain and most offensively a cake thief. <laughs> cake thief! Right? I, I, I know there's got to be a story there. I'm going to have to go find it now. Well, don't, right. don't be stealing cake from Kirby. How that end? <laughs> Somebody's been playing a lot of Nintendo lately. Mm, what can I say? Well, uh... Just because there's so many different Supermen, I'm just going to refer to this one simply as Cal. Uh, Cal shows up, and he's been checking down a rim, so apparently he jumped ship and went to Star Wars, because that's the only place I really remember the outer rim being. For solutions right. <laughs> for solutions to the energy crisis that's going on, all the shortages, uh, they, he goes retelling the story of uh, him going to all the dis- dystopia planets, and he goes to one... For Reticulants, on one of the planets that Superman shows up on, Reticulants end up, uh, which look like robot snakes. Am I the only person that saw that and thought Hail Hydra? It's like a robo centipede <laughs> snake. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Reticulants, more like ridiculous. Am I right? Hey. Exactly. Hey. <laughs> their sole mission is to lay waste to all the indigenous people, whatever planet they land on, so they can try to milking out all the all the resources, whatever they can't reach to make the people do. Uh, intro, the main man, Lex Luthor. Looks like he's wearing the full face mask and gloves, or hand protectants from his damage due to death in death metal. Right. Uh, he's in the bathtub. He does not get the same the same kind of treatment that Nightwing did when he did a shower scene, because he is looking like he's starring in Philadelphia while he's sitting in the tub. <laughs> That's it goes true. into Kale destroying the robot factory on Luxor, uh, which I just see, once again, as Superman coming to a planet and destroying that planet's only way of financial success. Now, hey, let me ask you guys a question real quick. Obviously, Lex Luthor is drawn wearing a mask here, right? So, now, do you think that he is wearing that mask because of the damage that he sustained way back from death metal? Do you think that that has carried over, like Jared said? Or is this, um, maybe, and this is, you know, maybe just grasping here, but, I mean, he is seen playing with one of his own action figures. Maybe, is is this just a vanity thing? Is Do you think that he doesn't have the scar under there anymore, or? Well, if you look at it, there's a couple of different places, like, in, there's the pictures and then statues where they, they show vividly the same kind of weird seam that, because it, it looks like he's wearing, like, a, like a full skull helmet because uh, they, they, they do yeah. it weird. I, I think that he's like a robotic or something. I'm guessing he's like a robo man. Like, I'm just guessing it has to do with vanity. Like uh, in the original Fantastic Four, Doom didn't want to be seen uh, with the side of a scar. And 
I believe when the mask ends up coming off, they're going to downplay the scars, so it's just going to be like a thin line, and then we'll see that sh slowly get smaller and smaller until they can start drawing them regularly. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Hey, you think about it, he's a billionaire who has a planet named for him. Well, this is a while right, from right. whenever, though. That's the this future state. Yeah, when right. when is this? Who the, is this? Where is this? Obviously, it's quite a bit in the future because Lois looks like she's well into her sixties here. I mean, the only thing I have some problems yeah. with, I have some problems with the fact that Superman looks aged here, and that doesn't make sense to me. I don't think that him and Lois would age at the same rate, though. Him and Luther, or her and Luther, would. Yeah, especially because he old, old. Like, he's not even just, like, a right. little bit great. He's already, like, done, got past Gray Fox. He's just in it. He's just yeah, an old guy now. So, well, we yeah, don't I'm, know I'm, what all goes on between now and, and when Future State takes place. Maybe, you know, he's been through some stuff. <laughs> and he's working out. That's true. We don't know if this is before or after his time on Warworld. So, I suppose that's a valid point. Okay, I'll take it. And time passes differently on Warworld. So, you know... That's might have been only been a couple years here. Might have been a couple hundred there. That's very true. Okay, going back to Luxor, Cal shows up and uh, tells the people that you guys are living a lie. You guys, all your finances are built on other people's stuff. Uh, they react like people would normally react when you find out your world economy. They call him a liar. And he then debilitates the protector. Lex destroys his armor. Attempt, attempting to kick him <laughs> off yet another planet because his reason why he's on Luxor is because Superman won't let him be on Earth they keep on harassing him <laughs> sounds like he might be a Lex apologist I'm just saying I, I am a humanitarian and I appreciate his efforts Superman ends up talking to, to Lois and convinces her that no although Luthor is a terrorist his words not mine uh, that he, him being in power is better for that planet. And that fact that there's billions of people there that are depending on him, that they need to end up making them a member. That so does Lois, make it a sticky situation. Yes, because you got billions of lives. Even if they're complacent, that's still, you know, that's still pretty rough for a couple billion people paying for one guy's thing. Yeah, you can say that again. Well, Lois ends up talking everyone into giving uh, Luxor provisional membership in the United Planets. And then the bombshell drops that Lois has to be with them when they tell Lex about the situation. And that's what... I think the art nice. was okay. At best, the story goes so damn slow. Ugh. And the dialogue... I've heard more... In, you know, I've heard more intellectual conversation from the stall next to me in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, and I don't imagine those can be quite stellar. No. After everything weighed in, I have to give this a lonely 4.75 retuculants out of 10. Dang, you dropped that one low. The art is is passable, but the story needs to pick up the pace. They need to get somebody better with the writing or give them a Red Bull or something. <laughs> give them a Red Bull or something. <laughs> Gotta do something to pick up the Yeah, pace. I'm with you there. This one, uh, oof, this was a tough one. Um, yet it's a lot of pages, lots of drawings of stuff, but nothing goes on in this one. I, I'm going to have to, I, I will say, uh, right up until we started recording, I did just kind of like, 
I thought the uh, issue was called Imperious Rex. I mean, Imperious Lex makes a lot more sense. Um, but uh, <laughs> my brain just uh, covered that one up there. But uh, this one, yeah, mm, yeah this is a, this is not great. This is this this is a four point five out of ten for me. I feel like there's a lot of story here. I feel like it's kind of dense, but I don't think it's in a bad way. I feel like it's it's very different seeing Lex still being a villain, but having Superman and Lois stepping up to save him, or at least at least give him a chance. As far as the art choices go, uh, is Lex being drawn with the mask because of the scarring, or is it because of him being older? That I just I feel like we could have got it's it's bugging the shit out of me. <laughs> so I, I did know. love the abs comment. Give her right. this would have looked like a strong man. <laughs> but um, the Superman being drawn as aged, I do think that that's inaccurate. Even if he experienced some traumatic stuff after War World, I don't think he would look quite as old as this. All in all, though, I mean, I definitely didn't dislike it as much as you guys. And you, I was going to give it a 7.5, but after listening to y'all, I mean, I am going to drop it a little bit because you guys had some valid points, but it's, it, I gave it a 7. Well, I feel like we went from a very familiar kind of Superman story with a slightly different twist, and now we get to head into another story with and some turns, too, as we dive into the never-ending cosmic ocean and follow the adventures of some real fan favorites. I am talking about Future State Aquaman, priced at $3.99, written by Brandon Thomas, with cover and art done by Daniel Sampier and Adriana Lucas, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Six years ago, Jackson Hyde and Andy Curry, now going by Aquaman and Aquawoman, uh, Andy will have none of that, Aqualasp, were training in the ocean and things went horribly wrong. They were mystically transported into the confluence, an unending ocean that connects all of time with all of space. After bouncing around into different oceans on six different worlds, the seventh is where their luck runs out. There is a giant beast that protects the confluence, and it attacks the two. Jackson falls away from the beast, but Andy is taken away. During the melee, she inadvertently cuts her lower leg off, and that's something she shares in common with her dad, uh, losing limbs. Jackson was <laughs> Jackson was taken prisoner by an unidentified race of people and has attempted to escape nearly 300 times, all obviously unsuccessful. He's been a beaten man in captivity, believing that he let Andy die. This last escape attempt changes everything, though. It turns out that he saw the words Aqua Woman Live spelled out by some light-bearing marine life. This gives him everything he needs in order to break his chains and set himself free. And now, he's off to find Andy. As is the usual, Sampier's art meets and exceeds every single expectation I had going into the issue. It's gripping, engaging, fun... It's highly detailed in all the right areas. He's easily one of my favorite DC talents as far as art goes, and paired with Lucas's colors, this issue is truly beautiful to look at. The story shines in all the right places for me. Jackson Hyde is quite the capable Aquaman, and I've always loved that character. Up until now, Andy has only been a baby, but I like that little bit of the character so far that we've seen. She reminds me of her mother. I like the team, I really like the story, and I love the art. This one would be a must-buy for me, and I'm going to give it an 8.5 out of 10. What did you guys think? Well, I want to start out on the cover, and Aqualass is drawn, or I guess inspired, by Starfire from Young Justice. A little, I could see that. But she oh, yeah. won't have you calling her Aqualass. That's Aquawoman. <laughs> okay, say it to my face. I'm going to say that the art 
was extremely good. Uh, I might not make reference to it often, but I think the lettering in this was done to perfection. Great spacing, and it's easy to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, makes uh, makes it pop off the page. I, yeah. I like it. Clayton uh, Cowles is fast becoming one of my favorite letterers. With the, the art carrying it, the letter carrying it, the story, it does have some slow parts, but it picks up. Uh, I'm going to have to go along your lines of thoughts, but I'm going to have to get 7.5 Tridents out of 10. Alright. Not too bad. Did I see the Trident? Just picked it up, picked it out because of Aquaman. No, I don't think we saw any Tridents in there yet, but I'm sure okay. one is bound to show up. 7.5 Confluences out of 10. There you Aqua go. Blades. <laughs> <laughs> Aqua Blades. Um, this one is, this one is, I'm... I, I'm not familiar really with this uh, Jackson Hyde character, but that does not stop me stop me at all from enjoying this book. Uh, I mean, it like you guys were saying, it looks incredible. Um, like the colors are just so vibrant, it's so lush. This is exactly what you want to see in an Aquaman stuff. There's creepy creatures. There's different oceans. Um, that the scene um, with that big old beast and her and the leg and all that stuff it is wow that that's that's really something there like the emotion and like the energy there is just really something else and uh, you know the final moment too where he's walking towards them with these little aquas um I, there's not mu- there's i mean there there's everything to love in there so there's nothing to hate except i want i just want to make i just want to bring up one little one little thing uh-huh. um <laughs> you sound like you're gonna enjoy saying this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't hate to say this because I and I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but um, okay, it kind of bugged me, but it's not a big deal. It's not. It's not a big deal at all. But at multiple times throughout the comic, they are shown wearing shoes and then also not wearing shoes. So when we start with, um, oh, uh, the, the damn you, no, I gotta look. Yeah, Aqualad. Yep, so we see her at the very beginning, kind of here in the boat, and then she okay, so so bare feet, okay, and then you go a little bit farther, and then they meet again, and oh no, her her it's oh. not her. Okay, so hers oh. hers is bare feet all the time. So I'm I, I goofed up about that, but. Uh, no, you're you're not no, wrong. No, yeah. no, you're not wrong because I'm looking at an underwater scene where she has thigh high boots. Who told on. you that, my dad? Yeah, she's wearing boots. The next page, no boots. Yeah, and yep, then he, right. it's the same thing with uh, Jackson. He's barefoot on uh, in the in the very beginning, and then he's got boots on at the end. Like I said, not a big deal. Not, but like, I mean, come on. That being said, sorry. All, all boots aside, this is great. I love it. I love all the characters. Andy's that. I didn't understand what was happening um, when she cut her leg off, but then I like flipped the page and I was like, "What? What? What? What?" That was. Right. T- I, I don't normally. <laughs> I'm, I'm not normally shocked by comic books, but that one did me a turn. Um, so I'm gonna rate this one fairly highly. This is a uh, eight point two five out of ten. You said you weren't familiar with Jackson Hyde. You might know him by a different name, uh, Coldor, or mm-hmm. or. Uh, he recently, went by Aqualad for a, for quite a bit. Um, Aqualad, Waterboy, Caldor. Cal, I see. This is so. This is future Aqualad. I can't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought. Yeah, I, I, at first, I thought it was like, is this some sort the, of Black Manta? But then they were fighting Black Manta. Uh, like, I, I, I didn't. It's yeah. This kid, isn't it? Is yes. Black this Manta's is Black Manta's son. son. Oh uh, shit. Okay. So the comics uh, kind of like raised uh, by the Black Manta and uh, trained by Aquaman. All right. Well, there you go. Look at that. Bring her all together. Yep. Okay. Wait a minute. I know because I know how to rem- make you remember. Uh, we've read about this cat in the Aquaman comics recently. Here, just just within the last couple of months. But this is the dude that 
uh, has the giant black manta spaceship head that follows him around, and he calls Grandpa Jesse. Okay, you're giving me a Does lot of credit to thinking I, I'm going to be able to remember some stuff that happens like last Two week. But <laughs> I do remember a little floating little black manta head. So there you go. I guess yeah, you got me. Yeah. So that's the guy. That's the guy that this uh, that, that that was following around. Yeah, he all growed up. Indeed, he is. All right, going into this, I don't think any of us knew really what to expect. It's definitely a different Aquaman and Aquawoman, but it's one, and I say Aquawoman in reference to Mera, but it's 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 one that I could get used to really quickly, and that is some crazy ride that they have been on. Speaking of crazy rides, crazy is the word of the day for the next book, written by Brian Michael Bendis with art from Riley Rosmo and Ivan Placencia with letters from Dave Sharp and the cover from Riley Rosmo. Reed, take us on a trip through time with Legion of Superheroes. Absolutely. Right before we get into it, I did not, before I posted this review on the site, I had no idea who wrote and drew it. Because I was like, oh man, I'm like, look at all these crazy characters. Wow, this this is, looks nuts. And then I saw that, I was like, oh, okay. These guys, I, I see why I was the one to review this 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 particular yeah. book. Yeah, I, I had to give it to somebody who maybe possibly could put a positive spin on it. Oh, and did I ever? Let's get into it. This next <laughs> look into the state of the future. Ah, uh, get it, get it, get it. Takes real. <laughs> this one really lives up to the name, giving us a glimpse of the future's future future. In this world, the Legion uh, uh, of Superheroes. Okay, so as, as with most of these stories, um, it's a view of the future, and things are not looking great. Uh, this one, in particular, the Legion has been disbanded. Uh, Daxum is in ruins, and the wider galaxy is asking the question, do we really need the United Planets? What have they done for me lately? Eddie, what have you done for me lately? Exactly. Now, not all <laughs> seem to share the sentiment as a ragtag group of heroes are doing their very best to get that, that cosmic band of heroes, the Legion of Superheroes, back together. There is a wonderfully <laughs> strange cast of characters here. We got Saturn Girl. We got Colossal Boy. We got Brainiac 7, just to name a few. And that that guy, boy, boy, is he weird. I mm. So he's... He... Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that's the most unique version of Brainiac I've ever seen in my life. It's like a wow. demented cyber beast boy where he just can't pick a shape and he's always morphing and changing. But it looks nuts. It's fucking buck wild. Um, so <laughs> they get, they gather up and then, uh, we check off with a couple of different members and then it's off to the races. So we got to get some other guys, um, on the planet of Wenaf, home of the lightning lens. They mentioned that. I don't know what the hell that means, but that's where they used to live. Um, a, <laughs> there, there's the a... lightning twins are on the original Legion of superhero, tw- uh, Legion of superhero team. Okay. That probably, and, I, I figured it was something. Uh, like they that. were a part of. Bendis's characters that he he referenced. Uh-huh. I won't say used for his stories in Legion of Superheroes, but I will say he referenced it. That's his, so okay. So that's the toss up there. Well, there's a revolution of starting on their planet, and luckily there's a couple of former Legionnaires um, there to put an end to. So we've got Triplicate Girl who's lost one of her Lakets, so she's there's just two of them now, um, and then Block. 
a, a big cool rock band. <laughs> so the, yeah, black is cool. I like black. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of cool little weird creatures here. Um, but they get recruited to the team. Then we pick up Bouncing Boy, who's apparently uh dope enough to take down a whole fleet of starships just by ping ponging around. He's pretty. He's he's a big guy. I like him. Like yeah, his look. He's just like Roundhouse in Teen Titans. Love I love his weird face. I like it all. Um, but then he gets back in it. Uh, and they go to this other planet. Um who has kidnapped Lightning Lad, and they're about to kill him, but then the, the good guys show up in the nick of time. Um, Jan Ara, or whatever. I don't know. He, he's one. Of, he's a former Legionnaire. He was one of their own, but uh, he betrayed them and apparently destroyed the universe. Um, so, yeah. that's uh, Not a good dude. You think that's a good thing? It's not. <laughs> yeah, well, this new take on the Legion has a great look, and for me personally, it's, it's got an even better feel. Um, going into this book, I had no knowledge of any of these wacky and, uh, I must say, terrifically designed heroes, um, but I had a blast nonetheless. Uh, for my part, not knowing who the guys were or their history didn't seem to uh, affect my enjoyment at all again. as uh, Just after a couple of pages, I was invested and ready to see some more of these these kooky guys um galactic and space stories are a big favorite for mine and i was having a great if not confusing time uh th- this one came in at a eight out of ten. Eight out of ten so we've got Looks a nuts. really positive what? review oh, this art is beautiful, baby. Book coming from not a robot podcast now let's hear what jared's got to say huh. my favorite part of this comic book was when i finally closed it Let's start, with, uh, let's start with the art, which looks like my grandson drew on a Denny's placemat. Uh, yeah, that's right. Cover cover. The enough. only art that's the only art that's good in it is the advertisements. Uh, it's Attack of the Dialogue <laughs> Bubble from cover to cover. I think there was what one panel that wasn't mostly dialogue bubbles. Right. Uh, it is another Get Bendis uh, masterpiece. Wow, way to destroy DC. Little by little, keep on cashing that Marvel paycheck, buddy. Uh, I'm going to have to give this an utter, utter disappointment uh, of 3.75 Legion rings out of 10. Not even enough to cover a hand. (laughs) 3.5, you say, huh? 3.75. 3.75, all right. To each their own, I guess. Knowing and going into this with the preconceptions that I do from the talents that are responsible for the issue that was brought to us. (laughs) That's the nicest way I could say that. I made sure that we were going to get somebody who appreciated the creators to review it because I knew that I would have to list this down into pros and cons, and that certainly wouldn't come across very good for a podcast, now would it? So the pros. We still have random caption boxes everywhere. But now they're in some random alien language, and we don't have to read them. And that's the end of that list. The cons. It is fairly possible, not 100% certain, but pretty darn close, that they have decided to continue on in this timeline after future. As it says, the original Legion only existed for 100 days, and that doesn't give Bendis a lot of time to wiggle with. However... With Naomi, for those of you who are reading along with the Young Justice line and everything that he was tying together, Action Comics and all of them, uh, you learned that with Naomi, his uh, latest, one of his latest creations, Bendis took seven months of comics spanning four different titles and compressed them into an under two-week time frame with one line of dialogue. So who knows? Um... 
the seven months that's over a year with the delays that it had and everything and uh that's over a year's worth of issues that people read at 399 or more an issue with a whole new slew of characters to do that with and you pair his distractive writing with like the most distracting artist on the face of the planet i get it there are people out there like reed that just enjoy this but for me it's so noisy on the page that it makes it hard to read the words that are written printed on it um reading this issue i literally felt like i got stuck watching a very bad car accident that i couldn't look away from the entire six minutes that i was reading this issue uh jared gave it a 3.75 and i gave it a three out of ten and uh, I guess we all definitely have our very strong opinions on this one. I mean, I don't have strong. <laughs> I don't have strong opinions. It's just you. It's you weird enjoyed it's it. Fun. You really enjoyed it. I, it, I that, didn't really. That's I mean, obvious, and that's not a problem. Yeah. You know, it's. it's I'm not saying. Ob- I mean, eight, if I if I come in here coming at like a ten, yeah, that's I re- I fucking enjoyed yeah. that one. It's, like, yeah, it's good. It's just good. Oh, <laughs> no, I mean, calling something a ten, I mean, that's saying that everybody should enjoy it, and if you don't, don't read comics. That's what a ten is. But like, uh, I mean, coming, you know, an eight, and the Brian Michael Bendis and Riley Rosmo obviously have fans, mm-hmm. or else they wouldn't be selling the issues that they do, and they certainly wouldn't have renewed any contracts. They, they've got that said, they both got very specific styles. They definitely do, and neither one of them are for me. I just I cannot. Um, I've tried. Obviously, I read every single issue they that they put out. I just. I just can't get around it. I've tried. You gotta, so, you gotta uh, start doing like me. Just don't, don't read who's by. Just read. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I wait until I'm done. I yeah. I, it, literally, a, a nine times out of ten, it's what I'm typing up the review. And I, like today, I was like, oh, okay, okay, all right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah. See, I mean, it's definitely weird. It's a weird one, guys. If you like weird space stuff, strange adventures, kind of baloney, this one's for you. If not, if you don't like Bendis, this this is definitely Bendis. Yes, it is. And uh, like I said, we've 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 all got our opinions on it, and everybody's entitled to their own. Mine's the most correct, but <laughs> I'm just kidding. next up. We get into an issue where my fears were relieved instead of realized. Right after this, and we're back. We're gonna dive right back in the books with Dark Detective number two, priced at five ninety nine, with a cover from Dan Mora. And boy, let me tell you, I thought that was great. Story and art by various talents. Presented individually, Future State Dark Detective number two has two stories this week. First up is, of course, Dark Detective number two, followed by the first Future State appearance of Red Hood. Dark Detective part two was written by Mariko Tamaki with art by Dan Mora and Jordi Belair with letters from Aditya Bidikar. Bruce Wayne the Detective. That's who we get in. Currently living in the only house left in Gotham with a non-electric lock, Bruce is renting a room from a man named Noah, and... Noah just happens to be crazy as a loon and a major conspiracy theorist to boot, and he has a daughter that drops off bottled water because he won't drink it from the tap. There's alien mind control chemicals in there. (laughs) This works out pretty well for Bruce, and it's just the kind of place he needs. The rest of the scene and the story center around Bruce getting shot and how the peacekeepers knew that Bruce Wayne being killed was killing Batman, digging in against the pain of his gunshot wound. Bruce tried to push past his foggy mind and figure things out. After wondering where the magistrate gets all their wonderful toys, he finds out that there are three companies responsible, none of which existed before the Joker War. Now, I think that this might be a bit of a bungle because we're given the name of one company, Plexitech, and then later on, 
A drone snatched from the air that's from the magistrate also points to Wayne Enterprises. So that's two out of the three, but one of those existed long before the events of the magistrate. And that's pretty much the book. The art from Mora looks absolutely beautiful for the story and the setting, and I honestly could just stare at it all day. I am so far removed from worrying about the writing of this book now, I'm sold on it. I love the way that Tamaki handles this part of Bruce's life and how truly authentic that the character feels in these situations. The dialogue flows smoothly, the story holds well. I am really enjoying this and I would love to have several more issues to read as long as they continue to be this good. We're two issues in and this is one of my favorite titles in Future State, guys. So that's where I'm at with it. I mean, obviously I really liked it. What did you guys think about Dark Detective Part 2? shit crazy dude always right. suck great it worked great in red yes uh, get the pig uh <laughs> the one thing that i happen to know is because noah's daughter keeps on bringing uh bruce the water and bring old bruce and noah the water and apparently that gives bruce glow-in-the-dark blue eyes or something because that's that's Superman level blue eyes. That ain't Bruce. He's been he's been eyes. being drawn with some really ice blue eyes for about the past oh well, I couldn't give you an exact time frame, but for quite a while now, when he's Bruce Wayne, he's shown to have those ice blue eyes. I think people just like the color. I gotta say that the, the art's great. Uh lettering's almost perfect, but it's not quite there. It, I think it might be a more of a spacing issue. But okay. I, I do like the way that they're drawing they're drawing Batman giving down to uh, the good down to the brass tacks. I like that. I'm not a big Bruce fan. I'm not, it's not Batman per se, but Bruce Wayne himself, I love Terry. Terry is awesome. <laughs> Damien was dick. Just Bruce. All right. Yeah. Other than that, I didn't really have any major complaints. All right. It's gonna, it leads into the story great. Yeah, this is a this is a really interesting side of um, Bruce Wayne Batman, and this is kind of what I you had mentioned getting down to brass tacks, and I think that's really important here. It kind of gotten away from what I was getting a little burnt out on Batman being this huge global threat with like droids and all this kind of baloney, and this is great to see him on his heels on the run. That's when. That's where mm-hmm. Batman really shines. It's like Spider-Man. Spider-Man is best when he's broke and he's desperate. He's got all kind of things going on. Batman is best Agreed. back on his heels. Um, and this is great. I love Crazy Noah. He's cool. He's got a, a very good beard. Um, <laughs> he's got a very good beard. What a <laughs> yeah, every time they – you can tell that they, they drew that beard with relish. It's, uh, it's very powerful, yes, very potent. Um, good story and amazing art. Yeah, they, they, this is they knocked it out of the park with this one. Noah looks like a mix of Superman and Santa Claus. <laughs> good combo. Good combo. Lawful good. There you go. And up next, we have Red Hood Part 1. Written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gianna Milo Logiani and Jordi Belair with letters from ALW's Troy Petiri. Jared, take us through Red Hood Part 1. Well, mask alert. Uh, get the... You have to get through this art. Different quality from the first half. But it, it goes through with Red Hood getting up out of bed to go up chase after Vigilante. Mm-hmm. The magistrate put an order out on him, and he's got to go earn that paycheck now. So Red Hood's still capturing masks for the magistrate. Uh, Jibber-jabbers about that for a little bit. He goes to the bar, and 
Rose or Ravager, if you will, <laughs> comes up and stops the guys that were, were trying to give uh, Jason a hard time. Apparently, and we find out this interesting piece of bat knowledge. Now, make sure you follow this way. Apparently, Jason Todd dyes his hair. Well, in the future. Well, regardless. Have some grace. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Nobody can see it, but I've gone silver naturally and a little white. You ain't fighting crimes. I went scalp. And, uh, lo and behold, Deathstroke likes Jason Todd, which I didn't really see coming with her, him and Rose's relationship. I could see Deathstroke and Jason Todd getting along. It wouldn't be the first time. They were drawn as not not exactly friends, but they respected each other. In the, and I think that this was another great example of how those two people would just, they would have to respect what their characters would define them. similar to get along. Okay, so if they were both more aggressive, absolutely. But neither one does shit unprovoked. Deathstroke won't act unless you mess with his family or pay him to do something. Red Hood won't act unless you're a bad guy or you fuck with his family. Those are the rules. So just, you know, stay away from the family, don't be a bad guy, and and don't piss off the wrong person, and you should be fine with Deathstroke and Red Hood. (laughs) He's at the bar with Rose and beep, 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 red alert. Beep, beep. Uh, Get another mask up in town, but it's not just any mask. It's the old school Red Hood gang. Which I absolutely loved the fact that they brought in what was it, nineteen forties, uh, Red Red Hood, and it, that just they instantly hooked me in. And the fact that his first frame is in cussing, gorgeous. Because what would you do if you seen Red Hood coming after you? Ah. Have a good cuss. Yes. Yep. Well, Jason gives chase to the old school Red Hood. Rose is also after him. Red Hood, the reason why this is dead or alive is because Red Hood will bring him in live and. Well, she's Ravenger, Deathstroke's daughter. Uh, he's not coming in alive. So she kills the guy who is just trying to help the community. At least that's what we were taught and the thought process going in there. And then when Jason takes off his hood, he finds out there's... Well, you, you first see a whole bunch of little computer diodes and everything inside the hood where there's only one person that that does this, and that's Jarvis, uh, the Mad Hatter. Who and I was glad to see brought into Future State because he's one of the most... When when he's used, he's never utilized the right way. At least he hasn't been in a very long time. And I was just I was glad to see him show up here. When the Mad Hatter's name was... I had whatever the DC equivalent to spider senses going off. I was giddy. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, that, that ended up being a big letdown. Because not that much longer afterwards... Well, after Rose writes... Bitch on Jason's bike to the Mad Hatter's Wonderland Putt-Putt. Wonderful family location. They found old M.H., uh, but he kind of looks like the Crypt Keeper from the HBO series. He's been dead, he's been dead for a while. Yeah, uh, for for quite a while. He's, he's nothing but bones now. <laughs> yes. Well, it ends with one last thing. Another mask lord coming up. But this one's on the, vigil- the, the mask named Jason Todd. And I'm not entirely certain if it's Apple, but there's $12 signs underneath his name. Unlawful, heroics, wanted dead or alive. Last known locale is the Narrows. And if you look up a city, if you look up a city map of Gotham, the Wonderland Putt Putt, it's in the Narrows. Oh, is it? I did not realize yes. that. We check, recheck, and then check again. <laughs> I'm have to say that it's a great pace in the story. The art was utterly horrendous. Uh, 
once again, I, I, I need quality art. Uh, <laughs> somebody that isn't drool when they draw. Uh, once again, my grandson could draw better on a Denny's place, man. Tell us how you really that. feel. You gotta, you gotta send me some pics of that, brother. No problem. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to say, the story's good. The only thing I really found lacking is art, so I'm gonna have to give it... So overall, with Red Hood and Dark Detectives together, I'm gonna have to give it a 6.75 Mask Alerts out of 10. I thought the art on Dark Detective was superb. Uh... Superb to that, but it's give and take. Where Red Hood had the great story, the great drive that kept those pages turning effortlessly. It lacked an art. Dark Detective had art, and it was a chore to get through. So I'm giving it a six point two five. Mask alerts out of ten. Six point two five. All right, Reed. Where did you land with the issue? Um, what did you think, Red Hood, and the whole thing? Yeah, I really liked the Red Hood story. Um, I didn't think I was going to, uh, but I um. <laughs> I really thought the, the the stylistic choice on the Red Hood story was pretty cool. I'm on power on parallel, maybe with not, you know, detail and in, in lighting, but certainly in a kinetic kind of action. It, it's it's all there for me. Plus, um, Jason uh, Red Hood rides a bike, and it's got a cool like Akira tail light thing going on, where it's got these nice trails. I really liked the second story. I I, I really dug uh, Ravager here. This is cool. I like the way the character was styled. I like the way you know it, it it felt. It was it was a neat it was a neat look here. It reminded me at, at certain points reading the second story of watching like adult swim and, and, and like <laughs> like the early aughts. i see that i see that yeah for it's sure it's got some lupon the third kind of uh, <laughs> akira energy going on here that i i really dug um overall i think both stories were really satisfying it was cool i mean that chick did slice that innocent person in half though so that's pretty tough um <laughs> all, all things considered uh this is a great <laughs> book uh, i'm gonna give it a uh Eight out of ten. All right, yeah, slicing somebody in half is the least of things that ravages. Um, she's a little brutal. Yeah. She's she's a loving person, <laughs> but she's a little brutal at times. Uh, no, yeah, she's chill. I think I'm fine with her. Yeah, she she's pretty chill. She just doesn't have a problem killing people. Whoops. I think uh, both of these stories made me smile this week. Dark Detective is far better than I ever hoped it was going to, be. and Red Hood's story is really super good. I love that he doesn't speak while he's on duty. I don't know if you guys noticed that or not, but when he's around the magistrate or anybody else, he doesn't utter a single word. He's not friendly, nothing. Um, so I think that we've got a Red Hood here that's trying to keep doing just what he does, and he's just trying to adapt to his environment. He hasn't necessarily become a traitor as far as he's concerned. He's trying to fight the good fight and do it the you know the safest way that he can. He's doing whatever he can to keep doing seem like that right now or anything like that i just unless there's something that i'm not picking up on i see that being as a long play of just wanting to have somebody there in you know peacekeeper one's back pocket so to be as a man on the inside at least i have faith through that i am a big jason todd fan i voted to keep him alive (laughs) i am a big jason todd uh i am a big jason todd fan too that's no secret to anybody that listens to the podcast that said, um, he didn't he didn't bring up Bruce really, um, in so far as to whether or not he knows or thinks that Bruce Wayne is alive. But I believe it's referenced in Dark Detective 
in the previous issue. Everybody thinks that Bruce Wayne is. So I don't know if Jason knows or not. It, I could be mistaken. I, I, that might not actually be a reference. It could be something I'm just assuming. But or maybe I read it from a solicitation. But no, well, I mean, uh, that would be interesting. I mean, that would be interesting that Jason Todd was the one that he chose to to no, let let know that he was still alive. I would have assumed that it would have been Tim Drake. Well, yeah, I mean, Grayson doesn't know. That's for sure. They, they yeah, mentioned that Grayson in their last interaction. Sure. He thinks he's dead. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the next Batman thinks that he's dead. Yeah, so it's 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 got me. You bringing that up makes me very curious if Jason knows because he's the only one so far where it hasn't been addressed. Jared had a bit of a problem with the art in the Red Hood. Reed liked it. It took me a second to warm up to it because flipping from the Dark Detective to the Red Hood, it was really jarring because they are drastic for an art style. But once you start reading after just a few pages, I warmed right up to it. And I I thought it was... Uh, I gave this entire issue a 9.25 out of 10. I loved it. Yeah, it's, it, this, is, this is a real knockout here. I mean, real knockout. There were so many people that were really worried about how Mariko Tamaki was going to handle uh, Dark Detective because they weren't exactly big fans of what she was doing in Wonder Woman with Liar Liar and all of that. Yeah. I mean, nor- <laughs> but, me among them. I did not I did not enjoy the Wonder Woman books she wrote. Half Maxwell Lord erased that from my mind. Yeah, it's, I was really worried, to be honest with you, but um, she has erased all of those. I could read 12 of them. Sign me up, seriously. I I mean, as long as they stay this level of quality, I am in for the long haul, man. Yeah, this is uh this is this is a fun this is a fun read. Alright, now let's get into a book that shows us some very different sides of our beloved characters in two separate stories. First we take a peek into a different world where no one is who we think they are. The second story is about Black Adam, who now lives on the planet Condat. Hell yeah. Not just a nation here on Earth anymore. A whole planet. Black Adam that went to space. <laughs> Hell yeah, he did. He bio-Lexus things. Established his own planet. It seems to be something that the narcissists do. <laughs> With a cover done by Javier Fernandez and Marcelo Mialo, let's see where this one goes. Taking place on an alternate Earth, we have future state suicide squad number one. Price that five ninety nine, written by Robbie Thompson with art from Javier Fernandez and Alex Sinclair and lettering from Wes Abbott. Reed, take us through Future State Suicide Squad Part 1. Absolutely. Okay, so we start out in media res. We got villains on the run. They just completed a job, but the heroes are close behind. See, I, I, did, a, I did a heroes. Uh, the <laughs> Justice Squad appears. We got familiar names. We've got familiar costumes, but we have some unlikely faces behind the mask. Okay, so let's go down. Now that we're on the – I didn't put it in the review, but let's let's run down a couple here. So we got – We've got Clayface as Martian Manhunter. We've got Talon as Batman. We've got Hypnotic Woman as Wonder Woman. We've got Bolt as Flash. We've got um, Fisherman, this weird symbiote fish creature <laughs> as Aquaman. And we've got... Uh, Who apparently, apparently, yeah, you said symbiote. He, apparently he had a helmet at one time that gave him his powers and it transformed into a shirt of the old Aquaman style. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like a member of the trench. Yeah, he, yeah, he does, does He's it? messed up. He's messed up. And then mm-hmm. we've got Connor, um, who is a real genuine Superman. Um, in a Thunderbolts-esque kind of twist here, 
Um, they've got, <laughs> we've got some bomb-brained villains now wearing the mantles uh, of Earth's mighty heroes. Um, they have different names, uh, but the tactics are still the same. This is your regular old Suicide Squad stuff. Whatever it takes to get the job done, the mission. Um, also, the same mm-hmm. is that if you step out of line, uh, you get blown up real good. Kaboom. Yeah. <laughs> um, not all are satisfied with this new normal, as we have some folks working behind to take Amanda Waller and the new Justice Squad down for good. Who is going to emerge victorious? Like you have to wait and check out on the next one. Um, this is a lot of fun. Um, these kind of crazy creatures. It's a little derivative. I mean, it's literally just doing thunderbolts. Uh, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. These are some fun characters. No, I don't hate it either. But I, I got some major Thunderbolts vibes from it too. You're not. Yeah, alone. I mean, this is just a what if kind of future thing. So I don't, I don't really care. I like that Amanda Waller is basically in charge of the whole planet, and through her brutal right? tactics, has like emerged victorious somehow. I don't know. Also, um, Clayface eats mongrel at one point and he has to get her home before he digests her very cool <laughs> very fun story <laughs> kind of stupid but i i don't hate it it was a little why is wonder woman this. blurry in the pentagon uh, she's blurry because all the time. that's not really wonder yeah. woman that's hypnotic woman so she make herself real big or hypnotica too. or something like that yeah so it's just like kind of i guess it's to give us the idea that it's not like she's not really looking like that it's like distraction it probably looks great at a distance but they don't yeah. they don't probably bring her yeah. up close for the photo ops that's for sure well yeah and i think that it says something in here um of course my internet is making my pages low a second low but i believe i believe that it mentioned something like she's having a hard time keeping her form stabilized and that she wants to continue being wonder woman yeah she seems to be really into it a lot of these like heroes like her and bolt we're really like, like you know, like we're being the good guys now, and this is like we always wanted to do. We just, by circumstances, became bad guys. Um, some of the them are just bad. <laughs> we couldn't do. Right. Sinestro gets messed up. All right. Yeah, he's an alien. He dies. Yeah. And then we see, we see there, there, there's this team there that is tracking the new Suicide Squad, uh-huh. and uh, mostly Justice Amanda squad. Waller. Um, yeah, we find out it's the Justice Squad. At the end. Um, no, that's backwards. The new team at or, the end is the Suicide Squad. Right. They're chasing this Justice Squad. Yeah, excuse me. That's right. But uh, I was trying so hard to figure out who these figures were in the black, you know, where it's all super dark. Yep. And uh, I could immediately, I could I could figure out that it was Cheetah and Deadshot and Black Manta. But I couldn't figure out... Um, who the rest of the rest of the people were, and then it turns out I was wrong. (laughs) You know, for some of them, Uh, there was Cheetah, Peacekeeper, not Deadshot, and uh, Mirror Master, or maybe that's who I confused with Deadshot. Mirror Master is the one with the the funny looking gun and the green and yellow. I believe the guy up front that says the Suicide Squad isn't that the Ray? Um, no, that's Peacekeeper. That's gonna be Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper. Yeah, that'll be Peace. Not not the Peacekeeper that we're familiar with from Magistrate, but the original Peacekeeper, the one that John Cena will be playing in the Suicide Squad movie coming out from James Gunn, and also rumor, and if I'm not mistaken, confirmed that he will be featured in his own spinoff TV series on HBO Max. That makes sense. uh, Playing the Peacekeeper as well. So did John Cena find buy a personality? But yeah, so we've got Peacekeeper at the very end of the book. We've got Peacekeeper, we've got Mirror Master, we've got Cheetah. But the other three, I'm not sure. The guy that's flying down, that could be a new iteration of Killer Moth. It could be a new iteration of Firefly. But I'm not 100% certain. 
Um, the guy on the left in the back with the red Starface mask, I know I should know who that is. And I'm completely blanking on the black-haired, punk-looking Superman guy. The Bizarre Kid? Possibly. I'm not sure who that is, but I suppose it's not all that important. The flying guy looks like Batman from Earth 3 mixed with a parademon. Yeah, <laughs> kind of, yeah. I mean, altogether, I thought that this was a pretty interesting story. It was a little hard to keep track of at first, but once you got into it, you, you fell right into the story. It was written really well. I would have to say, uh, as far as Robbie Thompson is concerned, this is probably some of the best stuff that he has done in a long time. He's been responsible for the Teen Titans, and that's seen some ups and downs as of late. Uh, Jared, what did you think about it? Well, I gotta say, it's a good story. I like I like the development, the pace. It once again it draws you in. It makes you want to have to turn the page. It's not gonna be one you're gonna put down halfway through and then walk off. You're gonna finish the damn comic. Right. Yeah. The, definitely. Yeah. It's a page turner. The cover kind of threw me off a little bit. I guess with it being the Talon Batman and the the, the Aquaman that looks like he's from the trench. It kind of I guess that kind of covers that. Right. I have to say, I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to seeing... I'm going to guess most likely the next issue is going to be all be about the Suicide Squad, and then the following one is going to be Justice Squad versus Squad. I would have to double-check that. I'm not sure if we're getting two or three issues of this. Oh. I'm not 100% certain. Actually, I think we are only getting two. Yeah, I believe so. There's only what was like Batman we're getting through. Or four, excuse me. I yeah, see four, them four issues for Batman. Batman. Seeing the Suicide Squad covering the yeah. first two-thirds of the album, and then the Justice Squad shows up, and then the Squabble. Squabble Squad. There we go. The Squabble Squad, huh? You know, uh, fuck with them. <laughs> the Squabble Squad for Scrabble. Squad, and then they squabble. Over Scrabble. They fight. <laughs> Alright guys, time for the second part of the book, set in the 853rd century and written by Jeremy Adams with art from Fernando Passerin, Eau Claire Albert, and Jeremy Cox, with Wes Abbott again on those letters. We've got Black Adam in the beginning of the end, part one. So we start this story out with the Justice, made up of the original Wonder Woman, now completely opalescent, an unidentified Superman, a brand new Batman, a brand new Flash. They're immediately thrown into a crisis in the form of the Unkind Men. That's a supervillain group that is decimating literally everything in its path. And its team members are the immortal villain v Vandal Savage, of course. Tickle, the tiny cat that was once the familiar of Clarion, the Lord of Chaos, before he ate him and turned into a tiger. Child, the spirit of lost innocence, and most surprisingly, Dove. The one-time hero, part of the duo Hawk and Dove, and sometime member of the Titans, she's traded her good ways in for being the embodiment of violence. That team is accompanied by the Seven Deadly Sins, and this is quite the team because they make quick work of the most powerful Superman ever, Superman Prime. The Justice Legion doesn't know what to do, but Wonder Woman has an idea. She's had a secret boyfriend for a while, as Wonder Woman tends to do, and she wants to ask him for help. Teth Adam now living a life of peace on the planet Kondak, as an ambassador and flower lover instead of a ruler, is who they turn to. Now completely devoid of magic, he sustains himself and the planet around solely with technology. While the Justice Legion is there to get his help, the unkindness arrives with the seven deadly sins. Unfortunately for them, Rage is the one that went after Teth Adam, and as one would expect, it fills him with anger and brought Black Adam back. All the other members were infected except for Diana, and Black Adam scoops her up before taking off. 
he wants to just give up and accepts death until Diana tells him that he's gonna be a baby daddy. Just as the mind-controlled Justice Legion shows up, so does a new character named Gold Beetle, and they announce that they know how to save the day. For me, this was pretty action-packed, a fast-paced issue, I was constantly turning the pages, uh, sometimes so quick I had to go back and read it again, not because it was unclear, but just because I had to. <laughs> um, it was really good to look at. There are some details that are missing, but the thing is, I don't feel like I'm missing anything important, nothing that I need to know for this story. I don't need to know the secret identities of these heroes or how a living statue can have a baby with an ancient. Mm -hmm. The story was fun to read and it was super engaging. I had a lot of fun with it and I really need to know how this one ends, man. I gave this overall a 7.75 out of 10. How about you? Um, yeah, I think, uh, what did I get? This one, okay, so this this is challenging for me. I, I enjoyed this story. I liked this weird, this uh, statue Wonder Woman kind of character. And I know I've been doing, I've been doing Marvel uh, things today, but this this new Wonder Woman who I, is a statue <laughs> what done come to life gives me... Um, it's impossible not to cross the Yeah, it's hands. giving me real Jocasta vibes. Is what I gotcha. was thinking from uh, she like the uh, robot the the third in the Ultron family Ultron and then Vision and then Jocasta I think I think that's how it goes mm -hmm. I'll have to get someone to correct me but anyhow yeah. it's a great character she's got a weird cool shield and she's like basically like I don't know how I came to exist I'm just a statue that came to life like that's fun that's fun but right. The threat here, and I understand that you have to have a big galactic threat. I, I, I like this Legion. They're cool. The Batman is dope. Um, but these these villains suck. I hate this. Th this is like the lamest incarnation of the Seven Deadly Sins. I mean, uh, Greed is a <laughs> weird like leprechaun with a big backpack full of stuff. That's I, And he's like a cosmic entity. I get that as like a character. Like if this was just like a bunch of like villains if this was like a super villain team i'd be like oh that's chill as hell like i like all these things but this is a cosmic destroying group one's a little leprechaun one's wearing a green suit and a top hat like wh what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> i'm gonna have to go back and look at this looks like Mr. <laughs> yeah it sucks i don't know i don't like this <laughs> both both of these stories were a little lackluster for me um I i'm gonna boost this up because i did uh, enjoy a little bit on the second run through here that suicide squad uh, i gave it a 6.75 on the site um, but i think i'm gonna bust it up to a seven um I, I rated it just a little bit better than a comic book but i think it was just because i was down so hard on the second half there's a lot of cool ideas in that second half i love i like the new black adam i like weird superheroes but it, i don't know it just sucks I, I can't explain why it just sucks um but the first story right. speaks for itself. I went back. I went back to the page for the seven De deadly sins, and okay, so I don't exactly understand what pride is supposed to be depicting there. What about lust? But In a wrath straight looks jacket? like an angry map monster. Lust doesn't make sense either. But envy, envy is just a dude that's in green. I mean, he's eight arms. arms. He wants more. He he wants more. Just to Here's grab more thing. stuff. It's greed. It's it's or it's it's envy. It's yeah. jealousy. You know. You, You've heard that analogy. They could be better, but I like Rap. Yeah, he's cool. I mean, it's like a weird, weird guy. Yeah, big chin. I like it. 
Sloth looks. Sloth is. Or, um, but, um, Gluttony was okay. I was including Gluttony. Yeah, and Gluttony. But yeah, I, I'll give you greed. Pride greed. looks like she's incorporating them all because, well, she's prideful, so she's incorporating all the other ones. She's got her purple lightning going all around. Okay. Them. Oh yeah, that. Okay. Okay. All I right. don't know. Yeah, this didn't seem like a like okay. a universe ending sense. threat. Like a bunch of big tough bad guys. Yeah, sure, but like this is the Horseman of the Apocalypse. Come on, come on. <laughs> and a Black Adam. Say great art. I love love green Cybertron that we open up on <laughs> because if you look at it, it's, I'm expecting Optimus Prime to come floating through there. Yeah, I mean, that's be, cool. You and, say uh, that. I see is, it. I think the art. Yeah, is cool. I, I would. Yeah, I would sorry. flip out if I. So I, I'd flip out if Optimus <laughs> Prime came flying out there. I wasn't knocking it. I, I thought that, that was. I thought that was a compliment. For sure. <laughs> I, I great art, great story, great God. It's it's rocking. I'm I'm loving the Wonder Woman and Black Adam getting together and magic, or as the immortal Jeff Goldblum said, life will uh, find a way. Overall, I think the art was definitely better than the Black Adam, but the Suicide Squad was good. Black Adam was just better. I'm gonna oh, and I bumped it up another full point because just before the Gold Beetle, who I'm assuming is like you know Blue Beetle's son mixed with Gold Beetle's daughter, I don't know something along that side, but. The, the panel just before that, where it says, look out below, the gold beetle machine plays La Cucaracha, La Cucaracha. <laughs> Which is funny. There I'll you point go. just that's, for that's that one that's panel. There you go. <laughs> I, I am giving this, and I, I use it off of the Suicide Squad thing, I'm giving this 8.25 black lantern rings in oh, case. Oh, I did forget about that. that. That's pretty good. That was pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's going to be coming back. Oh yeah, for sure. Do you have to be dead to wear the ring? No, you have to be dead to, to be able to incorporate. Okay, Necron. okay. So you don't have to be dead to to wear the ring. You can just control dead stuff. Okay. It'd be I better know, if yeah. you were dead. Uh, I'm not sure. Somebody settled this for us yeah. because. Well, they, they I have think to you have, have to die. Uh, they don't have to be currently dead. If you yeah. died and got resurrected, like Bat Batman or Superman, they could pick up the ring and put it on because yeah, they if you have had a little, like a little heart attack died. and you died. For but like they're not a, currently a second, dead. You know? Yeah, that's okay. That, that's chill. I I dig that. Okay. All right. Superman got bludgeoned to death by Doomsday, but it's, that's, that's not a slight heart attack. I don't. Except my way would be but, a little bit easier. Batman's. <laughs> Y'all ever see Scanners? Is that is that that movie? Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, wait, no, it's not Scanners. Flatliners. <laughs> Flatliners. <laughs> Flatliners. Oh yeah, that oh, was a good one too. With the yeah. dead, yep. the dead stuff. Oh, yeah, you guys completely. Yep. <laughs> All right, now for the last issue of the episode, we're going straight to the beginning of the future state timeline, written by Gene Lun Yang and art and cover from Ben Oliver, with a brief Prianto on colors and Tom Napolitano on letters at a price of three ninety nine. Jared, what happens in future state Batman suit? Well, when you pick up the issue, I'm looking at it right now. It does not look like the future's that bright. That's got That's got to be some of the laziest art on the cover. There's no detail. It's a whole bunch. It looks like it's in a bad cave and kryptonite crystals are everywhere. It's it's at some lazy art. When you open the page, so that's when it ends up coming together a little bit. You know, I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that cover, man. Maybe watercolors aren't exactly your style, but I I'm pretty sure that's what this is. And if that's the case, they did an amazing. Yeah, yet again, it's very, it's very stylistic, certainly. It, it, it is very stylistic, and I mean, I don't know about lazy, but I mean, I think it looks good. It, it's not super detailed by any stretch that's of the imagination. And I think that the font choices for the title throws it off. And the red, 
Um, the red going around the border might take away from the art. Too. Is, but I mean, I yeah, she made a different color with the, the laser. The future state template yeah, is a little sure. bit ugh, just in general. Yeah, it's it's kind of bland and it takes up so much of the book. Look like a Yu-Gi-Oh card up in here. It, so it, yeah, clean. oh my god, it does. It looks like a Yu-Gi-Oh card. There you go. Sorry. Dang, I did not see that either. It's time I, to do, 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 do. I can't unsee that. I can't unsee it the now. The fucking trap card. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's a very plain cover. Oh, I played the Blue-Eyes Dragon. Blue-Eyed Batman. <laughs> I'm going to give you a clean one here, Josh. Zing of the day. Hey, hey, man. I'm interrupting this again. I'm sorry. But just because it's Yu-Gi-Oh, we brought that up. Dude, I remember when that shit was super fucking popular. And that blue-eyed white Ooh, dragon or whatever dragon. the fuck it was. My, the dragon. My, my, my oldest son looked me dead ass straight in the eyes and said, Dad, that's all I want for Christmas. Just buy me that one card. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. You just want one Yu-Gi-Oh card for Christmas? That's it? He goes, they're super rare, and it's kind of hard to find. But if you can get it for me, yes, that's all I want for Christmas. So I start looking this shit up, right? It was $150. I'm like, what? No, son. You're not getting the blue-eyed white dragon. It was, it's a, it was a very super rare card. But it was yeah, worth the blue a lot dragon is one of the starter sets, but the white dragon, I guess, was oh, it's like the one from the show. Uh, I, I never I played the card game, the but exact I exact title. Yeah, like, it was the one that from was the like the one from the blue show eyes, white blue dragon. Well, whatever, blue, blue eyes, white dragon, blue eyes, white yeah. dragon. That was like like the 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 one. I feel like right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey yep, man, for sure. everybody wanted it. it oh, was so you get that? You get the hollow <laughs> one. Yeah, that's gonna boost your price. This might be a good investment. I don't know about Yu Gi Oh. I mean. I tell you what, I found a box of magic cards. I was cleaning out my mom's attic, right? Because like, she we had like leakage, so we had to redo it. And we, I just kept pulling out boxes and boxes of old stuff, like my old like trophies, like bowling league, all kind of crazy baloney. And I found um, like a box of books, and I was going through stuff that I was donating, old stuff, and like getting rid of, you know, kind of paring down the stuff. And I found a shoe box full of magic cards. I did. Oh boy! Because oh, wow. I'm I'm old guy I'm old guy so I was playing this stuff in high school back like what ninety eight uh, or in like middle school ninety seven ninety six somewhere in there so I I actually found uh, a decent amount of little cashola that some fools would be willing to pay big money for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sorry, right that's this little diatribe. I just wanted to brag a little right. bit to our listeners. I found some cool magic cards. I'm not gonna sell them though because I love them and I'm, I play magic all the time. So. I found Pokemon cards I had for. Uh... I ended up getting a couple years ago as a you know, I lost a bet, so I had to go spend twenty dollars on Yu-Gi-Oh cards, and I just sold them a Great Escape, fifty-eight dollars for all. Hey, so all that all that baloney going yeah. on with the stock market. Invest in cardboard, y'all. That's my advice. There you go, <laughs> pretty cardboard. <laughs> pretty. If card it's worthless, you got cool pictures at least. There you go. Well, now that we've taken a trip down memory lane, how about we get get back to that guy? No way, Jose. <laughs> well, we go from memory lane to Metropolis yesterday, and it opens up on a kid named Xander who's attempting to take his life. Uh, he goes to jump in front of a uh, train, and the terrorist known as Superman, <laughs> instead of just grabbing Xander and lifting him out of the way, decides to instead stop the train, which anybody following laws of physics, uh, that's not, no. It's gonna crush. Yeah, he just he just broke that train. Yeah, and so. everybody inside and of, is just and, got messed and a, up. 
in a lot. Well, then you start getting into the whole if he caught Lois when she falls, he'd cut her in half. He has to be moving too fast. He meant the speed. I I don't know. The rules around Superman are a little bit loose. It comes back on a bit. Yeah, remember, he processes time in nanoseconds, so he has the ability to be. To, to adjust in even quicker time. And he should have saved Xander instead of dooming everybody on the damn train. Xander adds before him that he's been taking a serum that can change his face to an animal because comic books. Uh, well, I'd just like it, to but say... But it does have some side effects. Yeah, it has some side effects, but I would just like to say there is no reason to think that this... The kids... <laughs> putting a weird thing on their neck to make their face an animal face would not be a hit. These these fools was eating Tide Pods, so like I, this is one hundred percent believable. <laughs> <laughs> no reason needs to happen for anything to be a thing. So this is fine. Animal faces, I even I get that. I get that more pods, baby. Oof. Everybody in the club getting furry. <laughs> 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 We gotta wrap this baby up. Let's end this thing. Yeah. Well, that serum has a side effect. Not you get a change back there. You get changed into an animal. The Xander chose a, a goat because a that was his ram because that was the school mascot. And then, in times of emotional stress, his horns start coming back, and that can be listed as a side effect. Yeah. Well, for sure. Superman. <laughs> Superman ends up going to Gotham to try to find the source of this, and he finds the Batwing and. Batman so politely tells him, get your ass in here, because he's trying to be low-key. The magistrate's looking for masks. And ain't nothing more low-key than a bright red fucking cape. Yeah, Superman right. gun Superman. <laughs> right. A couple of the kids who ate some Tide Pods mm-hmm. and then washed it down with some of this serum. Uh, <laughs> took down a took down a, a drone. And one of the Magibots go after him saying, hey, it's a violation. You destroyed magistrate property. Well, Superman being Superman scans him. Hey, he's he's non-organic, so hey, he gets to have a little fun. He opens up that can of whoop-ass that is the shape of one magic bike. And then I end up having to go read back through it because I ended up remembering it later. One of the young ladies that changed her face to look like an animal starts talking about her father. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been missing, and she believes that the magistrate took And he was, he was a professor at Gotham University. He loved his job. He loved his research. He loved his daughter. He would not leave. Magistrate had to have taken him. Well, after this pointy conversation that gives you some more of a later on plot, some dumbass with a dang baseball bat and an ant head thinks, "Hey, I just seen the Magibot <laughs> shoot back, shoot Superman, and then he didn't even flinch. So I'm gonna attack him with." Oh my word! Yeah, I did. I did stuck on stupid. It's like in the Superman movies when someone takes a chain gun and just unlays it all on him, and then they take out a handgun after that fails. Really? Right. <laughs> yep. Those fifty caliber bullets didn't take it down. Surely the nine millimeter will. <laughs> Remember when they shot him in the eyeball? That was crazy. <laughs> well, they go, they go running around Gotham. Uh, Batman and Superman go running around Gotham to try to find the where's this serum coming from. And Batman runs up to a computer and he gets stumped a little bit and he goes, "Huh," which felt kind of weird. Batman saying "Huh," and then immediately afterwards, Cal brought up the fact that he doesn't say "Huh," he says "Hum." Right. Or he goes "Hum." He's, like, frustrated, not confused. Well, Batman's got to try to get into this computer that he's a little stumped at. Superman has to defend Batman or keep him safe while he's trying to get to this computer to find out where all this is going down. Well, some uh, rhino and ape-looking freaks. I'm sorry to the rhino and ape-looking people that's in our our viewing audience, our listening audience. (laughs) The use of Jared is not really necessarily that of not a robot podcast. But... 
down, a rhino and, a, and a, an ape, bink, bink, done. Well, the next thing we know, he's in front of the Mr. Toad, which I can't, I can't recall the children's book that's coming to mind, but I remember a Mr. Toad in it, and he does not look anything like it. But he's the leader of the False Face Society, because that's apparently a thing. Well, it is now, but Mr. Toad is a, an occasional, very seldom character that appears in the Batman universe. Okay. Well, this one is his cousin, and right. he's the father of the young lady that we met earlier on. Kale tries to, I'm sorry, Superman, because I'm trying to identify which Superman. Uh, Kale tries to talk him into turning himself in. I'll go with you to the magistrate. We can do this together, make sure it's peaceful. And Mr. Toad stabs him with a crypto knife. And... That's where we're at. I, I, I'm assuming that he's going to live because... No, this is it. The sound ends. Stab by a frog, and man. That, yep. Stab by a that, frog, man. Death by yep. frog. That'd be humiliating. The next issue of Superman Worlds at War is just going to be a black page with white lettering that says, Just kidding. The last issue didn't even have it. I thought I was going to say The Wrath of Kermit. <laughs> well, overall, I find it just slightly over, let's say, boring from cover to cover. <laughs> okay. The, the art was constant throughout. I'm not saying in any means that's a good thing, but it was slightly above average. Uh, I, I like I like the story. I like seeing where it's going. I, I love the fact they brought out once again another, as Josh pointed out, Mister Toad. So another blast from the past. We've had Creeper. We've had Mad Hatter. Now Mister Toad. I like the fact that they're going deep in the DC, you know, well to pull up some, some of these some of these characters. Yeah, I do too. I think that's pretty cool. So I am going to have to give this 6.75 Mr. Toads out of 10. Um, I really dug the art style on this one. It was, I don't know, like, <laughs> I want to say that everybody looked like statues or like miniatures or something. It looked more like photography than a comic book, which I thought was really fun and interesting. Um, I love Mr. Toad. Yeah, it was, it was like a... I... I was trying to describe the art myself, and it kind of felt like simple animation with photorealism. It's just really hard to describe, but it looks good. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I, I really dug the uh, the art. The story was pretty fun and exciting. I liked seeing Superman get stabbed. <laughs> but um, other than that, uh, so I think this was a solid story overall. Uh, I'm going to give this one a uh, 7.5 out of 10. So just to clarify, the art on the people I think is amazing, but... Look how much dead space is on every single page where nothing's in the background. I know that's not supposed to detract, but use a little bit more ink. Yeah, Throw a door there, a wall, a cloud, was, something. Yeah, I think it was a. I think it was a medium choice as far as the kind of backgrounds that you're gonna get with with what they did as far as the coloring goes. I'm a sucker for a split panel of a single image, like the one that uh, where they've got three different panels. You put them all together to make Batman. The the art I. The art I enjoyed, it's it's not my favorite style, but there's nothing wrong with it. As far as the story goes, this is just a story with our normal characters at the start of something horrible. Everything that happens in the future state, basically. Obviously, Superman's normal positive outlook has him kind of being oblivious to nearly everything that's going on around him. Now, I like Jin Lin Yang's writing, even here, but I feel like this is just a bit of a sloppy direction to head in. Unless it picks up big time in the next issue, I'm going to be a little disappointed because I like Gene's work. Superman Smashes the Clan was really good. 
Uh, I do want to know where the story goes because of that. Um, but overall, it was just a little bit better than average for me, so I give this a 6.5 out of 10. And that wraps up the books. So now it's time for your favorite part of the show. We're going to pick our top three books of the week and our favorite panel slash moment of the week. And who wants to go first for that one? Yeah, I'll take a crack at it. Um, Okay, so top three books. Let's see. Uh, I'm going to go with number three is always the toughest for me. Uh, I will go with <laughs> Future State, Batman, Superman. I think that was pretty solid. Uh, kind of entertaining, but, you know, not amazing. Uh, number two, I'm going to go with... Um, Future State Legion of Heroes, because that was just fun. It was weird. It was wacky. There's all kind of crazy baloney. Um, and uh, that's just what I want in a Future State kind of book. A weird glimpse into a weird, wacky right. world. You know what I mean? Uh, and number one for me has got to be Aquaman. Mm-hmm. That was just so affecting. That fu- that moment when she cuts her leg off. Whew, mwah, I would say that is my moment. But oh, my boy, favorite moment is actually these infinite frontier spreads in the front and back of each book. Those got me more hype than anything else. They at least do lots of really yeah. I mean, Flash. we got we got the Wonder Woman stuff. I mean, we got Nubia, we got Yara, we got Donna, we got um that other Wonder Woman sidekick. They're all there, the whole gang. <laughs> yeah, I I absolutely love the whole Bat family yeah, one. They're both that great. Cool as hell. And then when you get to the for the Infinite Frontier one, when you get to the that's Infinite Mystery, and when you get to the one where it shows everybody, dude, that that that's awesome. That really is. Jared, what was your top three and favorite panel slash moment? of? Okay, for my top three books this week, I'm going to have to go with Dark Detective 2. Uh, the Red Hood kind of bumped it up and carried it because I'm a big Red Hood fan. Number two, I'm going to have to go with Aquaman. The, the art is, is amazing. And uh, it carries a story. It gives us a little glimpse into the future state of Aquaman mythos. And I'm enjoying that. But my number one spot has got to go to the Future State Suicide Squad with Black Adam at the end. Uh, great art, good story. It, it, it progressed. It, it made me want to keep on reading. I, I, I would say that so far out of Future State, that's one of my most enjoyed books. All right. And for honorable mention, I would like to throw in that Challenge of the Super Sons. I know it's not Future State, but being able to see little Superman and little Robin kicking some ass. I loved it. Yeah, and I, I love I love Robin's hair. What was your favorite panel slash moment of the week? Well, the the part that that ended up selling it for me for my favorite one is when the gold beetle ends up coming in. It's it's not it's not the most artistic. It's not it's not the most beautifully drawn. But the simple fact they had the gold beetles ride play Lucucaracha that that. That nope. warmed my little human heart. That was it for you, huh? <laughs> oh, you know it. Right and El Camino on. did the same exact thing. <laughs> All right, I guess for my picks, I'm going to have to go with, uh, for number three, Future State Suicide Squad. I gave that a 7.75, and uh, that was a really enjoyable story. Both sides of it, Suicide Squad and Black Adam. I loved the art on both sides. Different styles, dug the stories. It was cool. Number two is going to go to Future State Aquaman. That was an amazing story. And Jesus, if you dropped every single one of those dialogue bubbles and just let me look at the pictures, I would be perfectly fine with 100%. Number one, I am giving to Future State Dark Detective. I loved both stories. 
I loved the art all the way around. I was all about that issue. 9.25 out of 10 is what I gave that one. So that's my number one. My favorite moment. I do have to give them acknowledgement that they do pull back some kick-ass characters. Vigilante, I mean, how often do we see that? And I know it's just a small excerpt, but they're bringing in characters that are established, and I do love that. You and me both, man. And my favorite moment, honestly... It was the whole issue of Dark Detective, but that's a bit much. I'm really stretching it for panel slash moment. So, um, it just, it did such a good job of painting. In any case, I gotta pick just one panel or moment, so I'm gonna leave that book behind. It works as a whole, but there's no singular standout moment. So, my favorite part is gonna have to go to the last page of Aquaman, with Jackson walking away with those lightning water swords and looking badass as all. Now, <laughs> I have really not looked forward to this part lately because there's just not been a whole lot of bad in the future state slate, but this week that has definitely changed. Um, we all have different ones that we really didn't like, but now it's time for The Biggest Stinker. Oh, that's nasty. Reed, what was your biggest stinker this week? Um, Without a doubt, hands down, Imperious Life. That sucks. I hated it. I hated every second. <laughs> hated every second of it all right jared what made your stink list this week well what made my stink list is a 12 pack of charmin that was labeled as the legion of superheroes <laughs> for sure future state of a flush future state of a flush <laughs> i'm gonna have to give it to you with that one that one also made my stink list i just um the writing style mixed with the art style just isn't for me that's not to say it's not for anyone else listening out listening out there but not my taste. Yuck. Looks like it's drawn by my little... And that's the show. Come back and listen next week when we'll be discussing the next Batman number three and issues number two for Swamp Thing, Harley Quinn, Superman of Metropolis, The Flash, and Wonder Woman. That's the Yara Flora version for those keeping up. As always, you amazing humans out there, thank you so very much for listening. You are the reason why we do this. Visit campsite.bio forward slash not a robot to hear all of our episodes on nearly any podcast platform and patreon.com forward slash not a robot podcast for all the exclusive content we make for our patrons. Again, starting at just $1 a month, you'll get access to movie reviews, TV show reviews, the comic quick bites, and all the other stuff that we do. You can visit not a robot podcasts.com and that will take you everywhere you need to go for everything not a robot and with that there's only one way we say goodbye around here until next time be good to each other and don't be a robot Just have a